everyone, welcome to Sifted HQ, episode 22. You're like, what the hell is Shane doing out here on the street? Doing some skateboarding. We're checking out one of three big indie skateboarding games that are coming out in the replacement of Skate. Let's see what's up. The Paper Mario series has tried to recapture the magic of the first few games several times, but it's mostly failed. The Origami King for Switch is the latest attempt, and while it inches a little closer to fans' expectations, there are still few crinkles in the page. We're here to iron them out and make the latest Paper Mario the best yet. Welcome back to Game Flip. <coughs> the biggest blemish on this piece of art is the combat system timer. Solving puzzles can get some people worked up, but doing it under a time limit can be maddening. In this game, you must get all the enemies aligned on a turntable before the clock expires, and you almost never feel like there's enough time. We understand that you can spend coins to get more time, and we will address that later. But for now, we're completely removing the timer. Cutting out the timer will allow us to create a more inviting difficulty curve. Right now, it goes from a cakewalk to a brick wall in the span of a handful of hours. With the timer gone, you can create more intricate, challenging puzzles that slowly grow more difficult as you make progress. Giving the player more time would also allow for new table moves to add an extra layer of complexity. We like puzzles, we just don't like being forced to solve them before we're ready. Once you do solve the puzzle and line the enemies up in the correct formations, the combat is just too basic. Right now you can attack with a hammer, Mario's boots, and that's about it. Both use simple timing mechanics to determine damage output. We're adding more weapons, including the hat throw from Super Mario Odyssey. Just like with the boots and hammer, you can collect more powerful versions as you make progress. The biggest complaint with fans is that the franchise is no longer an RPG. We're going all in and adding summons. How fun would it be to control Bowser or any other iconic baddies inside the combat? The audience of Toads could even form with the summon, like Voltron. We propose activating the summons after completing a specific number of puzzles in a row. Our final tweak to the gameplay is completely removing the motion controls. Yeah, you can turn them off in the menus, but they're on by default. They're not even used all that often, minus the Thousand Arms ability. But when they are used, it's for important, challenging moments like boss fights. One boss fight asks you to use the motion controls for the final blow. They failed, we died, and we had to start the whole thing over again. We're done. With the combat getting a full makeover, we now turn our attention to smaller issues. With no need to spend that many coins on a timer anymore, we can cut down on the need for mundane tasks like confetti collecting and tossing. Instead, we propose on using coins on more meaningful items. A star could be used in place of repel, Mushrooms can be used to double your size while buffing your stats, or you could use a whistle to call a chain chomp to pull you out of battle instead of the boring flea option. Progression and traversal are bogged down in this game by a strange fast travel system. There are warp pipes that you can use to get around, but you normally have to return to the beginning of each level to use them. It can make getting from one side of the map to the other a convoluted process of using warp pipes and fax machines to get to where you want to go. We're going to turn every save point into a warp point to cut down on the needless travel. We adore the charm and writing in this game, and it could be featured more. We're adding side missions so there's more interaction, and we're producing real cutscenes with recorded dialogue to help this great writing come to life. These moments make us smile, 
and we want more of them. Our arts and crafts project is done. Paper Mario the Origami King is now fully renovated into a piece of art. Time to find another game to flip. Welcome to the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 28th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and this is The Big Six. Microsoft finally unveiled its first-party lineup for Xbox Series X, and the response has not been encouraging. The first gameplay of Halo Infinite was shown, and overall, fans were disappointed with its look. Microsoft also clarified that some games will not play on older Xbox hardware, Game Pass is not coming to other platforms, and xCloud will be rolled into the Game Pass product. Overall, viewers were left underwhelmed by the presentation. If Microsoft hopes to dethrone Sony, missteps like this simply cannot happen. On the flip side, Sony seems to be playing all its cards right with the PlayStation 5. If you're not a fan of the black and white look of the console, reports this week suggest you shouldn't be worried. Images have surfaced showing the console's faceplates easily removed from the console, leading many to believe you'll be able to customize it like you did with Xbox 360 faceplates. Selling customized pieces of plastic instead of customized consoles should help Sony with this production woes. 75 million people watched The Witcher on Netflix, and now the streaming service is tripling down on the franchise. An animated series was already announced in addition to season two, and now a live action prequel series has also been revealed. The show will not include Geralt as a character, so its prospects are somewhat limited. Netflix needs to be careful that it doesn't oversaturate the market, causing viewers to lose interest. Speaking of losing interest, that's what happened to viewers of the G4 Gaming Network before it folded back in 2014. It appears that the network is re-emerging in 2021 as a digital-only property. NBC Universal released a teaser trailer for the revival, and while it includes nods to X-Play and Attack of the Show, most of the former teams on those shows know nothing about it. As a former G4 employee, I am excited about the project. However, I'm a little concerned that no one I know is currently working on it. Since PlayStation Plus pared everything down to two games per month, people have been mostly unhappy. However, August is looking to fix that. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered just launched in November, and already we're getting it free on PlayStation Plus. The second game is Battle Royale Racer Fall Guys. There's no word on Lee Major's DLC. Rocket League went from a failed concept to eSports superstar in the span of a year. From there, its developer was purchased by Epic Games, and now we know what Epic plans to do with it. The game will be going free to play before the end of the summer, and will be downloaded exclusively on Epic's Game Store after that. The Steam version will continue to work and get updated. However, once the game goes free to play, you'll no longer be able to download it from that service. There are a million ways that a game can leak. However, marketing deals are one of the least common. That's what happened this week when the next Call of Duty was revealed through Doritos packaging. It isn't the first time we've heard Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. The title actually leaked a few weeks ago, but now we have official confirmation. The chip bag also hints that the game is coming in October, which is the normal window for its release. Another thing we know is that it's being helmed by Treyarch, our favorite Call of Duty developer. All right, that's it for the big six, the six biggest news stories in gaming for the week ending July 28th, 2020. I'm Shane Satterfield for Sifted News, and I'll see you in seven days.
Xbox Game Showcase went down this week, so we have an Xbox Series X-sized edition of Noobs. Fable from Playground Games was the industry's worst-kept secret. First report surfaced in January of 2018, and this week we get confirmation. For now, it's just titled Fable, and Microsoft is calling it a reboot for the franchise. Set to be released for Series X and PC, not much more is known, but you can follow the game on Sifted.net to make sure every update appears at the top of your Sift and you don't miss a thing. The first Stalker was released back in 2007 to mixed reviews, but its heavy atmosphere has made it a shooter of legend. Thirteen years later, a sequel has finally been announced, so get your hazmat suit ready for a return to post-explosion Chernobyl. The sequel is taking full advantage of Xbox Series X and will be a timed console exclusive. No release date has been announced, so stay tuned for more updates. As Dusk Falls is being helmed by a former lead developer at Quantic Dream, and looks to retain the studio's narrative-driven aesthetic. Its multi-generational story follows two families involved in a hostage situation and how the trauma carries over from generation to generation. Its art style is definitely unique, but we have no idea when it's coming to Xbox Series X and PC. State of Decay is one of those franchises that seem to have as many bugs as fans. Now that Undead Labs is fully assimilated into Microsoft, perhaps State of Decay 3 will shine with polish. One thing's for sure, the comedic undertones from the first two games are MIA, so it appears the next entry in the zombie survival sim might grow some fangs. Information is limited, but it's coming to Xbox Series X and PC. 2020 will be the first year that a Forza video game is not released. That's because the first entry for Xbox Series X isn't coming until 2021. Like with Fable, it appears that Xbox is rebooting the title, but what about the game itself? Turn 10 says it won't make the console's launch because it's implementing new game concepts and technologies. It's certainly eye-catching with ray tracing at 4K in 60 frames per second. We'll learn more as it spends some extra time in the garage. By far, the biggest game announced at the Xbox Games Showcase is Obsidian's new RPG franchise, Avowed. The studio has survived creating its own interpretations of Bethesda's biggest hits and now appears to have its sights set on the Elder Scrolls. According to Microsoft, their open-world first-person fantasy RPG is what Obsidian has been dreaming of creating all along. The best part is we won't have to wait over a decade to play it when it launches for Xbox Series X and PC. Session has been hailed as a spiritual successor to Skate ever since it was first announced. It's a hardcore skateboarding simulation that favors realism over just about everything else. When you're a real skater, you rarely wake up every morning with a plan. You call your bros, see where everyone is skating, and head out. Once you're out there, there's no one telling you what to do. Session subscribes to these ideals. There are no NPCs to give you missions. Heck, there are no NPCs at all or other people for that matter. Instead, there's a list of daily and weekly challenges to complete spread across the four main maps included in the game. Not that completing them earns you anything. There is no progression system in session, and therefore, there's no scoring either. There are no combos and little fanfare when you do actually land a trick. This aimless design will drive some people crazy, but again, it's realistic to the sport. There aren't really any modes either. Aside from free skating where you can do whatever you want, there's an option to play the classic skate game, but that's where the options end. Well, unless you count the video editor, which is actually kind of robust. 
or the lifeless apartment hub where you can watch the videos you make. The lack of a park editor is a huge disappointment because currently there aren't many levels in the game. So you know all the game's features, but how does it play? All right, so here we are inside session. Uh, I am playing the Xbox One version of the game, and I'm just gonna say right off the top that this is one of the hardest games I have ever played, ever. Um, it is the Dark Souls of skateboarding games, and I would argue not in a fun way. So this game does not have real skaters, but it doesn't matter because you never see them. Like you'll see their face when they bop down to Ollie, and that's it. They're out of frame pretty much the entire time. Another thing I'm gonna mention is that I have changed from the default control scheme because the control, def control scheme in this game is insane. Um, basically how it works is you turn left and right with the triggers instead of the analog stick. Um, and so I have changed it so that I can now turn with the analog stick. And these are basically skate controls. Um, now one thing that doesn't change when you change that is the right stick is your right foot and the left stick is your left foot. Um, it's again even more complicated than skate so I'm common footed my left foot is forward so to ollie I pull back on the right stick and then flick it up and then if I want to do a trick hopefully I don't fall down here because you fall down all the time in this game if you want to do a trick you ollie if it'll ollie see this game is insane you ollie and then you flick the left stick if he'll ollie, he won't. This game is infuriating. I have really reached the end of my rope with it. So anyway, um, that's the basics of the controls. Now the tricks, you have no idea how to do tricks in this game because they don't tell you how to do it. Um, so it's a lot of luck, honestly. The other part of it is you have to preload your ollies way in advance. It's not even realistic. And this game is supposed to be realistic you literally have to crouch down a good like three or four seconds before you plan on ollieing and then release way before the lip. And then you'll hit the lip like that. Um, again, not realistic. I can pop an ollie in like half a second, like an ollie big enough to like go up over a curb easily and probably about a foot high. Um, so it's not realistic to for the game to say, oh, you need five seconds to, to again, you need five seconds to set up for an ollie. It's insane. That's not how real skateboarding works. I can literally pop an ollie in like a fraction of a second. Um, and so this game is very deliberate. Um, if you hit anything, you fall down. If I'll show you. If your wheels, let me just show you. If your wheels rub against a curb, you fall down. Crazy. Uh, now, trying to do tricks um, on a ledge. You have to get it perfect. Again. Your wheels touch the curb, fall down. You have to get it perfect. There are no magnetics in this game, meaning that once you ollie, your board will be attracted to the rail and your trucks will lock onto the rail or your board will lock onto the rail. You have to just get it perfect. And let's see if I can do it. Nope, didn't ollie high enough because in that case, I probably needed to preload the ollie for about a minute to ollie that high. Um, Let's just see if I can... Okay, I, I, I did a kickflip. Um, that's good. Missed the curb, though. Now, in most skateboarding games, it would have just locked onto that curb. Again, wheels touch the curb, you fall. Now, watch this. Sometimes you can't get away from the curbs. Watch this. Once you get locked into it, because if you touch the curb... Okay, I got away that time. All right. 
but you're starting to see how this game works. There's no anything. There's no direction in this game. You just go out and skate. And some people are probably going to like that. Uh, again, couldn't do a grind. Some people are going to like that. Um, some people are not. Um, as far as like doing rotations, that's handled with the analog stick and the triggers. Um, it's only handled with the triggers, though, unless you change to this control scheme. Um, steering with the triggers is asinine and insane. Um, I tried it for the first, like, 20 minutes I played this, and I gave up and switched the control scheme to the skate scheme. Um, now, to me, skate is too realistic. And this goes even farther, way farther. Um, I would prefer something in between skate and again, I'm sorry I'm just going back and forth in this area, but I'm just telling you that in this game... Oh, didn't ollie. Didn't ollie. I loaded that ollie for a good four seconds, just never ollied. Oh, there's a curve. Yep, so anyway, this game is infuriating. Um, as a skater of over a decade, I have had zero fun with this game. I wouldn't say it's completely broken, because I think for the most part, it's working the way the developers... I see I can't ollie off of that ledge. It's working the way the developers want to. I just think the vision for this game is garbage. Um, I have really little interest in playing this again. It is an early access, so there is improvements to come, I would assume. Oh, oh, I thought I had a grind. So there are improvements to come, I would assume, but this game needs a lot of them, even as a former skater, hard, hard pass. So Session is like the Dark Souls of skateboarding games. Real skateboarders might take to it after they get over the hump, but it's a big ass hump. The lack of any explanation for anything means casuals should stay far away. And even as a former skater myself, if I want something this realistic, I'll just take the board out for a real session. Mod support has been robust and there's a solid community online, but when you struggle just to stay on the board, all that stuff is moot. It's available now in early access on Xbox One and PC. With Turnt Up Tuesday, we feed your cravings for new content with the best games, albums, movies, and TV shows for the upcoming week. PS4 and Switch fans are still tied up with Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, and now Xbox owners have something to sink their teeth into as well. Obsidian was recently purchased by Microsoft and has been on a hell of a run. It released The Outer Worlds last October, and it's back again with Grounded. This first-person survival game is inspired by the 80s movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You'll never look at your backyard the same way again. Build a shelter, create tools, and survive spiders the size of a Greyhound bus when it launches for Xbox One and PC today. Destroy All Humans was marginally successful when it launched way back in 2005, but that's enough to remaster a game these days, so it's been revived for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. This third-person shooter set in the 50s asks you to take human DNA to craft an assortment of weapons and psychic abilities. We could all use a few laughs right now, and this game will deliver them when it launches today. If there's one entertainment medium unaffected by the pandemic, it's music. The releases haven't stopped, and we've got a couple great picks this week. Remember the psychedelic furs? If you're under 30, you probably don't but they were one of the seminal rock bands of the 80s with hits like Pretty in Pink and Heartbreak Beat. They're an alternative band that broke through to the mainstream, but they've been missing in action since 1991. 29 years later, we get Made of Rain, and it still manages to carry their signature sound. It's available on Friday. Speaking of revivals, there's yet another one this week. 
as Alanis Morissette releases her first studio album in eight years. Called Such Pretty Forks in the Road, the singer-songwriter stays in her lane with a collection of emotional ballads written to stir unsettling feelings in the listener. It's not a fun record that will bring you out of your corona quagmire on Friday, but sometimes we need catharsis in tough times. The archives at Netflix and Disney Plus must be exceedingly deep, because they're the only two streaming services with steady new releases. According to Netflix, a whopping 45 million people watched the first season of The Umbrella Academy. By any standard, that's a huge hit, and season 2 is coming for a 10 episode run. The second season brings back the seven siblings with strange abilities trying to stop the end of the world. Again. Critics have praised the first season for its stellar cast that includes Ellen Page. There's plenty of time to finish season 1 before Friday. If sci-fi isn't your thing, Beyonce is releasing yet another visual album called Black is King. It's written, directed, and produced by the Queen Bee herself, and based on the music of The Lion King. She'll also release a complimentary album called The Gift that features songs from the soundtrack performed by a collection of black musicians. With all the social strife going on right now, Friday is a perfect time to release this double pack of bay. All right, that's it for Sifted HQ, episode 22. Pretty bummed that uh, session didn't end up being better than it is, but there are two more. So I'm going to hold out hope the other two indie skateboarding games turn out a little bit better now. Here's an Easter egg for you. My deck is actually from Skate. I don't know if you can see it. I actually have another one in my closet that's never been used. This one's hardly been used. I just put this together not that long ago. But anyway, another cool little piece uh, of stuff that I've collected through the years. Little sidebar for closet raiders there, I guess. But anyway, great exercise. I've actually been surprised at how out of breath I've been just skating around out here. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we really work hard on this show, and we're glad that you guys like it, and we'll see you next week.